from round the corner to your street and neighbourhood. This is Pablo for breakfast. He's back to chat TV and movies. It is King of the Nerds, Adam Rice. Good morning, mate. Good to be here, Pablo. Now, we've been sort of teasing this the last couple of weeks. Barbie, probably undoubtedly the biggest movie for 2023. Did you like it or are you ripping Barbie's head off? <laughs> Look, I um, I think to not like Barbie is just turns you into a grouch or turns you into Ben Shapiro, basically. Like, um, <laughs> look, you know, I mean, look, sometimes things are just not made for you, right? Mm. And look, and if they're not made for you as a core demographic, what you can do if you're being gracious is sit outside of it and admire what it is, right? Now, like, I'm not a Barbie guy, <laughs> right? So, you know, and so... But what I do is I go, this is a Greta Gerwig film. This is a film starring Ryan Gosling, starring Margot Robbie. How does it go, right? Mm-hmm. And look, this is, um, you know, this is less a film and more a work of, I don't know, escapism. It's a, it's a product placement. Uh, it's brilliant in so many ways. I mean, the production design here is incredible. The movie itself moves like lightning, but it's almost um, it's almost a message wrapped up in a film, which is not a terrible thing, you know, like, um, I mean, it's life affirming. It's kind of, you know, it's inventive. And, you know, I mean, there's elements of this that I think that are really special and really, really great, um, especially Ryan Gosling. You know, I think, look, Margot's basically unassailable, you know, and the movie even breaks the wall to reference just how perfect she is. You know, it's a perfect fit of a perfect character who, you know, so you think, well, where do you create then tension? Where does the dramatic need come from in this script? So funnily enough, Barbie's main antagonist in this film is the patriarchy, and that's the target here of Greta's film. And so there's lots of, you know, there's lots of really kind of clever jokes. Um, this film probably reminded me the most of Zoolander. That's probably the film it reminded me of. So it got, it's kind of got this goofy earnestness from the get-go where you could have a relatively superficial reading of it and then you go, actually, no, this is skewering something a little bit, you know, a little bit deeper than that. And it is. it ends up being a deeply human film. Um, and look, the box office is just bonkers you know mm. like i mean this is the absolute cultural talking point of film this year there's no doubt about that and i mean look my hat's off to everyone um i just you know i mean god forbid you'd go into a dark room and you'd have two hours of bright sparkly pink colored fun and forget your woes it's a good time now gran turismo follows on the themes of street fighter mortal Kombat, lara <laughs> croft doom there's a fair misses in there is this on the good end or worth not watching look you just rattled off basically a list of the worst films that have ever been made um <laughs> look video game adaptations it's just public knowledge they're you know the crap films and the reason why is, is because you know normally with a video game you're playing it and if you remove that interactive element you've just basically got you know weaker storytelling than normal film narratives and you know it's kind of aimless but what gran turismo at least here has a kernel of a very interesting story so the juice here is is that a, a playstation player gets a chance to actually drive real cars in the real in real life and so we see whether his you know kind of digital approximation of this whether it measures up in the real stakes and really dangerous world of motor racing um and so that's you know it's really um a recruitment drive movie it's got echoes here of say you know kingsman or x-men first class it's not you know it's not reinventing the wheel pun intended but it's still it's good formula it's fun formula david harbour here i think is is pretty exceptional and that kind of bench presses the movie here as the coach who's really gruff at the start you know like real kind of military based and then softens a little bit to yarn our protagonist here but this is directed by neil bloomcamp who gave us district nine who's a pretty you know a pretty solid visual stylist and so 
some of the action sequences here do rip and there are some really gnarly wipeouts. So if you're looking for a racing film, you could do much worse than this. And as video game adaptations stand, which is an extraordinarily low bar, this clears it. This is pretty good. Now we love a good music documentary here at House of M's and there's a new one on Binge. Yeah, meet me in the bathroom. Look, I it's my age, right? I have this enormous soft spot of um, the New York music scene in around the year 2000. And so this covers the ascension of the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, uh, Liars, TV on the Radio, The Strokes, and Interpol, some of my all-time favourite bands. So watching these, like, pockmarked kind of, you know, pale kids with bad fringes become worldwide hits, like, you know, worldwide stars, is, you know, I, I found it really rousing. Um, and it's... It, all of these musicians to us all are performing and finding themselves in the wake and shadow of 9-11 as well. So there is a heavy element to this, but um, it's kind of, you know, it's really affirming to see someone who's just got a dream and wants to get to the top. And, you know, they just think with enough kind of passion. And if they, you know, if they knock on enough doors and they play enough gigs that they can get there. So, I mean, it also shows just how kind of harrowing and taxing. I mean, we see the enemy and spin and Kerrang covers, but you know, you don't see the endless touring cycle. You don't see, mm. you know, um, the lifestyle, what it takes from you. And so, you know, this, I mean, I, I thought that this was a really um, involving documentary and yeah, it kind of showed, you know, every kind of side of that lifestyle. I watched the trailer of Talk to Me, the new horror thriller. It absolutely terrified me. I can't even imagine sitting in a cinema and checking it out. But did you jump out of your seat? Look, I, like every, I think, normal person, hated horror growing up, right? <laughs> Scared the shit out of me. Like, it's terrifying stuff. And what I did was that when I wanted to become a film critic, I knew that I was going to have to weather these films. I was going to have to, like, you know, desensitize myself to them. And I actively remember going to a bunch of films when I was younger, films like The Ring, The Strangers, um, The Grudge, and I hated it, right? And mm. I just sat there and I'm like, you just, if you can learn to take this you know, like almost building up tolerance, you can get past it. And I, once I did that, I learned to just really enjoy their execution. And because now of my kind of desensitization to horror, I can just distance myself and sit there, not with some films. And this is one of them. This broke through again. So the last time I have been this scared in a cinema, it's probably hereditary. Um, I saw this last night talk to me and I had jolting awake nightmares it is <laughs> the real deal i mean this is you know this is by a duo of australian filmmakers um danny and michael um Philippower, and this is an incredible debut i mean aussies have been producing great horrors for the last couple of years we've got things like relic hounds of love um you know and wolf creek uh, back a couple of years before that but this absolutely is in the canon it you know um for those listening you shake an embalmed hand and you ask it to talk to you and then you have a conversation with someone not of this world. And it is, um, but what these kids are doing is that they've got, they're the wrong hands to have it. You know, an occultist shouldn't have these things, but we've got a bunch of effectively kind of Frankston teenagers with who have got no guidance who are using this thing as a party trick and it's very dangerous. Um, it's kind of an allegory for drugs and peer pressure, and it works very successfully in that way. But these two directors are expert technicians, and they know how to ratchet up the tension. And there are just a few little demonic, sadistic touches in this that mean that it's playing for keeps. It's a very nasty bit of work, and it got under my skin, and it ruined my night's sleep last night. So five stars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, as always, some great recommendations to check out this weekend. Adam Ross, we'll chat in seven days. My pleasure. The feel-good start to your day. This is Pablo for breakfast. It's